Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and today with me I have um, the guy who runs the music blog that I write for. Um, it's got me running around the city all the time. I'm having a lot of fun doing it, though. Um, and this is uh, his first time here at High Five Studio, and uh, he's here to talk to me a little bit about uh, what he does and uh, why he does it. Alan Hallis. Hey, thank you for having me on. Dude, thanks for being here. How, of course. How was your day today? Uh, it's been a little bit of a hectic day. Yeah. Um, I'm working on just a bunch of other stuff for, you know, there's a lot of plans coming together. So sure. it's been a it's been a busy work day for me, for sure. Yeah. So um, it's been kind of just, you know, another hectic day in the life kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But it's part of what we do, so. Yeah. Is it like uh, concert planning and like yeah, sponsor definitely. stuff? Yeah. Concert planning. Um, we're working on Big Beat MKE, the, the Beat Battle Tournament. Um, That's coming up this weekend, isn't it? That, it's coming up, well, right now submissions are open. Okay. Um, so people can apply at... Big breaking and entering .net slash big beat MKE. That's like between now and April fifth, they can apply to to be in the competition. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then the actual tournament itself is going to take place every Thursday from May second through June twentieth. Awesome. So it'll be a it's a sixteen producer tournament. We always have a bunch of special guests come in to be part of it. That's kind of part of what we might have been working on today. Can't really give away too much. Yeah. Um, just getting some people involved and then. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. It's year two, and it's uh, it's gonna be exciting for sure. Y'all hear that? Yeah. Hey, you guys know. Too. He's you heard it from the man. You know what to do to apply. Right there, breakingandentering.net. Big beat MK. <laughs> I wasn't yeah. planning on promoing it that early, but oh, all we do are plugs here. Oh, okay. we plug everything. Just plug everything. Yeah. Right, that's, well, then this is gonna be a busy hour. That's or yeah. However long. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's really that's really the 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 point of Mr. Nice Guy that I don't tell people is uh, just plugging. You know. Just everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just but, constantly. Yeah, I mean, it is good, though. It's good for people to know, and that's awesome because um, I know there's another beat battle thing going on at a company this week, and that's what I was yep. thinking. Yeah, uh, Cream City. Yeah, the Cream City, yeah. Which but, actually was kind of an offshoot of uh, of Big Beat MKE. Main Key started it, and, you know, he messaged me, because well, initially I saw it, and, you know, you see it, and you go, wait a minute, I do a beat battle too, yeah. right? So I kind of hit him up, and I was a little, like, not aggressive, but I was just kind of like, hey, what's up with this? Like, we're doing this again, right? Yeah. And he was like, hey, no no competition, no. Yeah. So, and I like... He's like, hey, you're like, what do you think you're doing? I kind of... <laughs> initially, I, I'm not going to lie, like, I, like, Mankey's great, don't get me wrong, but, like, for, like, 30 seconds there, I was like, whoa, 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 I'm doing the beat yeah, battle yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, like, when you really come down to it, like, it's, they're doing one night, we're doing yeah. eight. It's not in direct competition. For sure. It's not a problem. We may, we probably will go. It'll probably be myself and Twan Mac will show up, our host. Yeah. And we're going to just go hang out at it, and we'll actually get to enjoy it, because we, we love doing it. Sweet. So, and really, when, you know, we talk about, like, one thing was, like, kind of an offshoot of the other. What I'm doing was kind of an offshoot of the Milltown Beatdown that was a beat battle in Milwaukee in the third ward in the same place that we do it yeah. at the Jackalope Lounge. Uh, they did that from 2005 through 2015. So, well, really, I mean... Everything's I can't an offshoot. Yeah. yeah. Something else. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That's true. It's like, everything is influenced by something else, pretty much. It's like, that begs the question, is anything ever truly original? Uh, I couldn't say. Oh, 100% no. Yeah. I mean, you can try, but somebody else somewhere is always going to see something and be like, hey, wait, I did something this right you know yeah everything that you know we get inspired by it's like and it's fine it's totally cool to like you know have an idea that is basically like you know you know you that directly comes from something else but like not to replicate it is kind of the idea so right yeah yeah definitely as long as you're not an exact rebuff but right. like yeah. i feel like with the internet the world has kind of gotten smaller in a sense that like you know stuff is a little more accessible now than it ever has been. Yeah. So if you have like a, a crazy original idea like you think that it is, you know, somebody out in India or yeah. <laughs> across right. the world or in Europe or wherever. In like, some other time zone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Can see it if you put it out there and they, they can be like, yo, that was my thing too. Yeah. And you be like, that yeah. looks exactly like that. So I mean, I like, think it's just, yeah. you know, it happens. Yeah, like, that's true. When we're in the age of information, everything gets around so quickly. It's like, can think you're being sly, but someone's yeah. gonna see that and be like, "Hey, yeah, that's what, my thing. What What are you doing? 
Yeah. Well, uh, just like this, uh, this uh, Big K Diet Cola. It's a, Ooh, clearly, okay. clearly a knockoff of uh, many other big name diets. Wait, wait, are, they, are, are the these market. sponsors? Are these sponsors? Uh, are they, uh, they hey, sponsoring the we, show? Yeah, no, I one hopefully maybe one day I'll get a big K sponsorship. But I would we have love the, that. We do have the product placement. We have. Uh, the idea is rum and coke for the show, but um, <laughs> we got prestige distillery rum. Okay. Uh, it was the cheapest thing at Pagan's Egg. Okay. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna break into this. Yeah. We're gonna break and enter. Yes. We're gonna break and enter the bottle. Yes. Not the first time I've heard that joke. Uh, <laughs> see, that was n not an original joke. Yeah. But there you go. Yeah. All right. Tastes yeah. all that big K flavor with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's Available at your finest pickings in. Right, yeah, down the street. Cheers. Cheers. Ah, it's good. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so, Alan, um, what we talk about here at Mr. Nice Guy is love and fear. Okay. Um, love and fear through the creative mind and how, basically, you know, how our emotions cause us to express ourselves. Okay. And I've... I've become really just fascinated by, you know, how, you know, our, our passions and our fears really just drive us in so many unique ways to, you know, to think outside of the box, go out of our comfort zone. Sure. And uh, I feel like that's all I've really been, that's, that's what I've been doing since I've been writing for Break and Entering is constantly going out of my comfort zone to the point where I question if I even have a comfort zone anymore. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm co constantly, like, going out and, like, you know, going to places I've never been and uh, and going up to bands I've never met and being like, hey, uh, I'm Ben. I'm from Breaking Entering. Uh, yeah. You want to talk? It's basically, like, my strategy. And, and then they say, you're not me. And then yeah, they walk out. And they're like, like, you're not Alan. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Um, no, I actually... I believe, I mean... I was wondering if, like, you had ever had that issue yet. No, I actually have never... I have not had anyone say no to me. That's yet, good. Which That's is good. cool. Which, me, it which shows how supportive uh, Milwaukee and its music scene are of, of uh, our cause. Um, yes, definitely. So, Breaking and Entering has... I mean, it's, it's done wonders for me in just terms of my own way of, like, expressing myself and what I'm interested in, but I'm interested in just seeing how you, like the guy who runs the website, um, how do you think Breaking Entering is doing right now? Uh, we are stronger than we have ever been. Mm. Oh, definitely. Um, and part of that kind of comes from, like you said, coming out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Like, for years, so I should give you my backstory real quick. The, do it. The, the yeah. Reader's Digest version, right? Yeah. So I produced music in high school, produced hip-hop for a cousin of mine, um, who thought he was a rapper, and then yep. he made beats, and I basically said I could do it better, right? It's a hallmark high school story. He got into he got into some trouble, he got into some things, and then uh, I still had all these beats, and so I started, you know, just finding people on the internet that were Milwaukee rappers that, like, were people I could connect it with, right? Mm -hmm. Got connected with a group called The Cranberry Show, uh, for anybody that remembers them. Uh, we put a few tracks out. It was amazing. It was fun. I had, you know, I had a blast. But then I'd come to the show and I would be the guy in the back of the, the room. Like, yeah. I just kind of would chill out. Like, it kind of almost became, like, routine to be the guy in the corner of the Miramar. Yeah. Like, at oh, the time, yeah. like, in the seats. Like, that was me. Like Just the guy quietly observing yeah, kind his of. surroundings. Right, yeah. definitely. So I was that guy. So then got into college, started breaking and entering as a, as a radio show, and then, you know, eventually the website. A whole bunch of other stuff happens in the middle there. We don't have time for that. But... <laughs> like these last few years have really been like our strong years and that's because we've been out and we've been physically out in the mm. city going to shows and putting on our own shows yeah. um, we started a series at the Tommy Tavern in Bayview that's like a monthly thing yep. ever since then like you can do all the, the talk online that you want kind of thing but once you're out there physically like in the actual moment yeah. and like connecting with people at shows and saying like hey this is my thing like passing out cards doing whatever kind of networking yeah. like all of a sudden the word kind of travels that much faster and that's that's kind of where we're at right now is that you know things have started spinning faster for us and that's it's helping us grow immensely and 
we can bring you on to yeah. come do this and people aren't For like sure. what the hell is breaking in yeah like, people in the scene know what it is because i was out you know getting out of my comfort because, zone to get yeah. into the shows because the presence is is uh you know the presence has definitely like been explosive and um because like and i know that because everyone that like you know i've been meeting at shows and like you know just talking to people about um like you know why i'm here basically like yeah. everyone knows who you are actually like that's, pretty much everyone's like that's kind of nice yeah i mean no it's a little it, scary but it's kind of nice well everyone know I, they either know who you are or what breaking entering is yeah and like i like you know in the myriad of shows i've been going to like like i've been you know, like, I'll talk to them about, oh, yeah, I'm here, you know, covering the show tonight. I'm with Breaking Ends Train. Like, oh, my God, like, Alan's awesome. Like, he does great work. Like, well, I hope, I mean, I hope they're not all saying that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, the point is, like, people are recognizing. Um, what we're doing. The, yeah, they're recognizing the mission of, of, you know, what it means to uplift Milwaukee's music scene through Breaking and Entering. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's just cool to see that, like, just the the excitement that um, an artist will have by just by mentioning, oh yeah, that's that's what I'm here for, and sure. they're like, oh my god, like, right, oh, sweet, and and it's just it's super cool to be able to like you know do the work that the artists don't have to do, like it's right. it's almost like we're doing like the hot like it we help with like the hard part, which is. Really, just getting your name out there and yeah, I mean, like I've had a couple people hit me up. Well, I've had a lot of people that have hit me up and been like, "How do I get promo through you guys?" Yeah, and I'm like, "Well, we don't really get promo. Like, what we do is we like showcase what the artists are doing in the city, you know, or whatever bands in the city." And the thing that kind of sets breaking apart, breaking and entering apart from the other outlets is that, you know, we cover the people that are getting on and getting signed and getting all these great opportunities. We also cover the kid in his basement that's making absolute fire that yeah. nobody's heard of before. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The so unheard like, stuff, right? Yeah. So people think that that's kind of like like it's a promo thing, like we're putting like doing a marketing thing. But like, I always look at it from more of a media perspective. Like, hey, check out this thing you might be interested in. Like, it becomes like a discovery platform. Yeah. So and I know like as much as music is kind of out of like the blog era of like. You know, because there was a run there where, like, that was where you found music. Now it's really, Oh, totally, yeah. Now it's, like, whoever's on the front page of Spotify or Apple Music or whatever. It's like, like, in the late like, 2000s when you when the website first started, which was 2009. Yeah. That was, yeah, you're absolutely right. Blogs was, and, like, MySpace and stuff like that. Like, yeah, like, that's how people I mean, I remember, stuff. you know, routinely hitting up, like, Fake Shore Drive in Chicago and, yeah. like, Two Dope Boys and, uh, you know, things like that. Like... It was a big deal to get posted on those because that was where your music gets noticed. Yeah. Now it's like if you get on like you know a Spotify playlist, like people lose their shit now. Yeah. So like we've kind of we're kind of backwards in a step, but like at the same point we've always been you know on t- on the forefront of things that we've always had the younger artists and people that are just so new that they just want any kind of exposure mm-hmm. that like, that's kind of kept us going too. Yeah. People that have no recorded material out um you know that are you know part of the bill of various venues like mm-hmm. you know whether it be bremen or cactus club garibaldi like company there's like it's cool because like i'm learning just how many like different weight kind of different paths artists are taking to right. getting their name out there like for example i uh, a couple weeks ago, I saw Sean Sison, or, or Sison, or... I, I however think, you say Yeah, that. however you say his last yeah. name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, he... So, he was performing the same night as, like, the Jane Joyce, Mick Kellogg, and... Um, Jay Lamo. Yeah, Jay Lamo, yeah. yeah. Um, shout out all of those artists. I was say, I only know this because I read the article. I was yeah. not there, but... Right. And actually, real quick, thank you for all the work that you've been doing, because mm. in the last few weeks, he's been at shows every night like it's so much every fun. every weekend night like you had like three articles this week dude and we're just like yeah. i was like oh he was at a show friday saturday and sunday night cool well but anyway as you're saying yeah <laughs> well thank you i appreciate that um but so i was talking to sean and like when i was interviewing him i was like asking him like a question i like to ask artists is you know kind of what venues are you used to playing like what do you um 
how is this experience different than you know just what you've done already and right and I was talking to him and he was like well really I don't really perform live like I very like I don't really excuse me sure they he was like I don't out there. yeah he was like I don't really perform much like I mostly just spend all my time in the studio and like I just make sure I have like a master my craft and I yeah and I like just make the finest product possible and yeah. he says that with he has a song tonight it, that has 2.3 million streams on Spotify sure and this guy like you know he made that all from just grinding in his own space and right. not really He's not going out to bars and like you know yeah, showcasing out that way. Yeah, playing in in ways that so many other artists are. Sure. And that's fine, you know. That's everyone a, has that's their own route. That's definitely a route now. Like, yeah. um, you know, I've I've for a while there, I've managed two two to three artists. I've tried it like a couple times, and uh, every time I've kind of always tried to stress like the music is the thing that is going to sell you. Yeah. Yeah, you know I mean like. A lot of people try to hit me up and be like, hey, if I get on your site, like, this is going to propel me to the next thing. Or we're trying to get on this, or we're trying to do that. Like, music is your thing that is going to propel you. Like, your core product yeah. should be your, you know, your your music, what yeah. you put out. Um, and no matter what, like, that's how you can, you know, not play shows and still yeah. do okay. Right. And get millions of streams mm -hmm. if, if your song is just that damn good. Like, people will find it, you know? Yeah. And it's like, our... Breaking and entering is always there to, you know, to let the the audience and just, you know, the viewers know that the music is there or like this artist is on the map. Right. This is what they're doing, and that's why you know I'm I'm very happy to be present in that audience and, you know, just be to be doing, you know what I love in a way that also benefits other people. And sure. that is to just, you know, uplift those around me and, you know, yeah. and just see some really damn good music. And, yeah. and it's cool. Like, cause, um, you know, cause there's also artists that have been groups for very, a very long time that are still everyday people. Like, you know, yeah. oh, definitely. like that group 1913. Yeah. They are, like they're like a chamber pop duo. Yeah. One of like the the guy like the percussionist was in Violent Femmes. Yeah, Victor De Lorenzo. It's like this guy is in a world class like really famous band from the eighties and. But he's still. But he's, he's still, still active just a in guy. The, yeah, he's still active in the scene. And that's kind of how I approach things too. Like when it comes down to like you know I, I don't want to brag, but I've I've gotten to meet some people like through music and yeah, things like that, sure. and you get to interview them and talk to them or whatever. Or even if it's just calling them on the phone. And, like, I've had people that have been like, well, how do you do that? And, like, how do you not become a fan? And, like, kind of, like, be like, oh, it's so cool to and meet you. Or whatever. Out, yeah. yeah, right. Like, um, and, and part of me is, like, at the end of the day, these are still people. Exactly. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, that's kind of the approach that we always have to take is, like, these are just people that, I mean, yeah, everybody knows them. It's a right. big deal, but, like, you almost have to take that, because if you come off looking like a fan, it kind of, it looks unprofessional. But, yeah, of course it, yeah. You know, so, I mean, there's definitely, admittedly, people, like, I met Franz Ferdinand at Lollapalooza last year, yeah. but I was more stoked, I think, about meeting Sal Masekela, who's the, the guy from Viceland, who used to be the voice <laughs> of the X Games. Nice. Like, the media person. I was more stoked about meeting him than actually meeting, yeah. but even then, I have to still come off as, like, you know, somebody that's just a regular, these are just regular people, yeah. you know? Uh, that's something I've had to kind of condition myself to with, you know, when I'm, even just Milwaukee artists that I've, like, heard so much about, like, for the longest time, like, sure. I've, it's like, you know, I've, it's, it's really, like, a matter of just, I guess, not overthinking it, like, once you're just in the same space as somebody, you have the opportunity to talk to someone, like, like you said, oh, that's they're just so people, exactly right. like, they're yeah. just people, and, like, you know, it's, it's like you can run into them anywhere. Yeah, right? really, and like you know what I mean, can, like yeah. in the show, they're gonna be somebody. But like, I've seen Lex Allen at Target. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, they're they're. Webster X walked into a Starbucks that I was working at yeah. at the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So like, I think that that, and that comes back to like getting out of your comfort zone is like, you kind of reacclimate yourself yeah. when you're in that position to be like in a in a show environment. 
like I, I have a friend of mine that's just a friend from high school and we were at a bar and um, Nick and Margaret from Gold and the other Nick from Gold were all yeah. there and uh, it's a bar that we just normally hang out with at and uh, they were just hanging out you know they happened to be back from tour for a little bit and she got like starstruck over over Margaret from Gold and I was like we knew these guys when they were like bartenders at Tonic and the Highbury and whatever. Yeah. And like, it's just kind of like you get to know, like, okay, this is a person who, you know, they're just people. Right. You know? Yeah. And that, yeah. And like, I think that something that I've been um, kind of, I've been, you know, and, and this is definitely like something that has taken time uh, to sort of acclimate to um, mm-hmm. as I've been working, but like, it's very transformative to watch an artist on stage and then talk to them just as a person after oh, yeah. the show. And that's cool. I, I feel like like on this past Friday I went to the MK Music Night at Club Garibaldi. I saw Neo Caveman and uh, Hopper's Luck and Christian Porter. Great acts, all of them. All yeah. of them great, fantastic. And it's like I was mesmerized through all of their sets by just how good all of them are and just how talented these musicians are. And, like, you know, it's like that was my time to fanboy was, like, when I was sitting there and watching them. Yeah, just watching them. But after they were done, it's like, okay, now I'm going to just chat. Now they're just a guy at the bar. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean, or a person. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And all you have to say is, like, hey, you do... I love your record. I love your music. Yeah. Like, you had a great set. Here's how you kind of, you know. Yeah. And I think if you approach, if anybody approaches an artist that way, like, they're going to be a little humble about it, but, like, they're going to secretly love that, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's that little part that, like, like, okay, I get, I, I get recognized once in a while from breaking it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, people do kind of know the thing that I do, and, like, when that happens, like, I, I just try to be chill about it and be cool, but then, like, at the same time, when I go back to my car, I'm like, oh, they knew who I was. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know what I mean. You like, like you get you yeah. get a little bit of an ego for like a little bit where you're like, oh, they knew what I do. Because <laughs> like, like, my thing's not that big, but they yeah. know what I, what it was. So but you're like, stoked on yeah, it. you're like shit. Like people know my name. People yeah. know me that I don't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, that seriously is yeah. where I've had times where like people have come up to me and I've definitely just kind of like played the part like oh yeah I remember you from this thing or whatever yeah gone back I have no idea yeah oh yeah I I, just have to there's so many people making music here in the city and and, you know make being creative and so many people that get exposed to what you do that you sometimes you might not know everybody just as well it's and that's the thing is like the Milwaukee music scene is a lot to tap into um and I you know, I've been tr- doing my best to just to, you know, um, wear all out of coat, by the way. So. Oh, I'm no, in, no, I'm not doing shots around. Oh, you're not I've doing I've been there and done that. That's not a, no, no, no. Well, here, I'll, I'll give you some of mine. Oh, oh, well, thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah, of course, no problem. <laughs> um, yeah, like, every type of sound is here. And yeah. I'm, it's, it's crazy. Like, from going to, the, like, this past weekend, uh, a rock slash like funk night to a to a folk rock night at Paps Brewery to right. Sunday night was the Cream Bell MEP release party with Bumalum and uh, Dust. Yeah. All all of those nights were completely different vibes in all completely different places and uh, time of my life every single night. Yeah. Met so many amazing fun people, so many talented voices, like sure. had great conversations, like and there's still so much beyond that, and like, like we also have so many fucking amazing rappers. We have yeah, we have um, you know, a really strong hardcore scene. As yeah, well. which I that's admittedly one I don't know as much about. Yeah, and like the underage or like pop punk scene, which is what I kind of grew out yeah. of. Yeah, I mean, I went to Thomas More High School, and we had a band called Big Green Sofa that was like the pop punk band. Yeah. And they reminded us all of, like, Blink-182 and Green Day and stuff like that. And so we kind of grew out of, like, that's where Going to Shows came out of, was being, like, in that little, like, South Milwaukee pop-punk oh, scene. Yeah. Um, or South Side Milwaukee pop-punk scene. And, like, that still exists. It just continually rolls over. Oh, yeah. So... So you went to my first, like, real, like, hardcore punk show, like, two weeks ago when I... 
saw Mud Dog and Nobody's Fault, and then there were two other bands from that were touring. Sure. Uh, it was at Bremen. Yeah. And, uh, like, you know, you've been to Bremen. It's it's a very... It's a, it's a nook. Yeah, it's, it's literally a nook. It's a it's really... A backroom nook. Literally... There's a bleacher. There's yeah. one bleacher. There's one bleacher, and the, the stage is, like, a ledge on yeah. the side of the room, and it's a really small space, and there are people just moshing like fucking crazy, and there oh, were... Oh, yeah. Like... And I had to stand in said bleacher yeah. and avoid getting, like, thrown into it, and, like... Right. But yeah, I'm like, wow! This... Jumping in the circle pit anytime soon? Uh, you know, <laughs> I want. You know, I think, I think That's... I'm ready for it. I okay. think that in shows to come, I will readily um, leap with glee into a mosh and get my ass handed to me. That's a good call. I'm yeah. I, I think I'm ready for it. I. To I, be fair, I've only done it like three times. <laughs> yeah. I do have a couple hardcore shows that I plan on covering. Um, but um, you know, it. it I guess it'll uh, depend on. Um, how much alcohol I've had, and also um, <laughs> does just, help. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that that that's mostly it. But my point is, I it was my first time at a like a real punk show, and I did not know what to expect. And uh, holy shit, that yeah. it's just it's just so fun. And like after talking to the bands afterwards, it's like wow, like this shit was here sitting in front of us the whole time, like. There's yeah. so many. There's a lot of hardcore bands here. There's a lot of metal bands and right, like and that's something I discovered kind of you know from doing breaking and entering. Like the big complaint that everybody gets about Milwaukee's music scene is that people don't interact with each other. That was the yeah. long time. The segregation. And I'm saying that's going back to you know 2007, 2008 when I was really like first starting out. That was the thing was like everybody didn't work with each other kind of thing. And what I've discovered is, like, everybody does kind of get to know someone. Like, it's a small city. It is a city, but it's a small city. Um, but there are pockets all over the city. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I really kind of realized that most when I was going to, like, an open mic hip-hop thing at, like, Club Anything in Walker's oh, Point. Yeah, yeah. Which is a weird club, but I love it. I've seen, uh, I went to a metal night there one time. Yeah. It's a weird place, but it's fun. Yeah. It's um, cool. But it's really that's wild. where you discover, like, there's, like like, the backpack rap community, and then there's, like, a weird EDM community at, like, Studio 200 that's, like, all electronica. And then there's, like, the Chicken Wire Empire bluegrass scene. Yeah, or, then... like, a, or, like, even <laughs> when you just think about, like, breaking down the different types of hip-hop. Like, there's, like, the yeah. north side, like, trap rappers. There's a little bit more, like, the cooler, artsy east side, like, rappers, yeah. the mm -hmm. backpackers. You know, the south side, which is coming up, which, you know, their whole thing is just trying to get on because nobody has ever recognized yeah. the South Side that well. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, even within one genre, there's so many little pockets that, like, what we do at Breaking and Entering is kind of important because we're able to expose those little pockets to each other. Yeah. And, like, you do see kind of some weird collaborations that don't, you don't necessarily come about. Like, Tayamo Denku, who's, like, a, a backpack hip-hopper. Shout out. Shout and out can, Tayamo. He's one he of the best. He can freestyle for an hour straight. I saw him I watched him freestyle one time for about 10 minutes straight at the end of the night at the Miramar Theater, and the host was, like, super drunk <laughs> of the show, and, like, there was, like, a bunch of weird acts that, so, like, he was just done with the night, like, mm -hmm. he was just over it kind of thing. They forgot his set time, so he had to go on last. Yeah. He went on, and he just freestyled about everyone in the room, and I wasn't drinking at all at that point, so I, like, watched him, like, kind of pick apart like, all the different acts, <laughs> wow. and everybody else was so fucked up that they didn't realize it, and I went, that's amazing. Yeah. Because he has a natural gift to do that, and if yeah. you ever see him, like, freestyle live, he'll do, like, a thing where he, like, just, like, just put, hold up an object, and somebody will hold up their keys, somebody will hold up, like, a, yeah. you know, their jacket, whatever, and he'll be able to, like, work it all in. Um, but anyway, so Tayamu, who's, like, a backpack rapper, just put out a song with Genesis Renji, who I would argue Shout out Genesis, I just had him on the show two days ago. Your last, yeah, your last House dance. of Renji, yeah. Yeah, like he, uh, like Denku did a, a song with Genesis, mm -hmm. who's more of like an artsy kind of, or I don't know how, I would, I would put him more in like the artsy east side kind of scene. Yeah, yeah, I mean, his, his production is very eclectic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like somebody like that, who, you know, that's two things that you would never think would go together. Yeah. But they, they happen, and, mm -hmm. you know, they might have learned about each other through my site. I don't yeah. know, but... Or, you know, just through being involved. Like, it's a small city. Like. Yeah. And the cool thing is also, and I want to make note of um, 
you know, obviously to plug High Five because they're letting us use their space. But um, High Five does these networking sessions like every yeah. week, and you know, we talk. I know you like. I would love for you to come to one sometime. Oh, I definitely need to be. Yeah. Especially now that I've seen the studio. If you have not seen the studio, I've been here about maybe less than an hour now, <laughs> and I've fallen in love with the space because it's much. It's much needed. Yeah. And it's also like the kind of environment that you can make a great record in. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's very, very professional, very orderly. But so, but these like networking sessions, like, you know, they entail artists that do not, that not, do not necessarily know each other at all. And like, literally they just pick up instruments, they start playing, they start, you know, just branching off of each other. You have rappers, R&B singers, like soul singers, what have you. Just hop on the mic, start singing to the music that they're playing. It's it's very improvised, it's very organic. All of that happens just from how much love is created from... from it's, it's music in its purest form. Yes. It's, and it, that's really what a jam session is. It's music in its purest form. Yeah. It's talent in its purest form because people can come together and kind of do that sort of thing. And, like, you know, even if they, you know, it's unrehearsed. So, yeah. like, so, like, you're even more willing to acknowledge people fucking up, but because there's so much talent here, yeah. it doesn't happen. Like, you no. know what I mean? Like, so that's, that's very cool. Yeah. Like, I, I, like, was just, like, you know, I, as I started coming to these sessions and just seeing how people from so many different walks of life are just, you know, uniting in a musical fusion sort of format is like, you know, that, that, that in essence is exactly what we need um, in Milwaukee um, is more of that. And like that synergistic uh, talent, you know, just being, being, uh, you know, uh, rubbed off from each other. Yeah. And that's something special too. Like, I think, so my, okay. So real talk, my my big gripe with Milwaukee is that there's always this inferiority complex, and I get that because you know Chicago is the third, you know, probably one of the biggest markets in the city, yeah. or in the the country. Yeah. And then uh, you know you have Minneapolis, that's another big market for music as well. Yeah. And Madison is so close, but like, there's always this inferior inferior the inferiority complex. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> that uh that Milwaukee is somewhat lesser than those cities in some way, whatever it is, you know. And there are a lot of things wrong here, don't get me wrong. There's there's things that need to be addressed. But Milwaukee also has a lot of things going for it that those cities can't have because of our size. For one, we're on a lake. Well, we're yes. on a lake, and that... For well, one, Chicago's on a lake, too. Well, yeah, Chicago's sure, like, on a lake. But Milwaukee, like, is a lake. Is on there's, a, there's apparently 10,000 lakes in Minneapolis, and there's Lake Mendota in, geez, in Madison. Yeah, but, um, well, but, yeah, I think that being situated on a body of water, but also being a very outdoorsy, very, like, food and beer-oriented city, that, yeah. that, that helps us. But for our size, there's something special that happens here, because, yeah, I mean, people are, are a little bit separated and segregated, and that's, again, a thing that needs to be addressed, but... You also do get to pick up so much influence from the the neighboring areas if you try, mm-hmm. if you really try to go out of like as we kind of said, going out of your comfort zone. Yeah. If you can pick up so much from around this city, that like when it all comes together, it does it does so well. Yes. You know what I mean? And like, the momentum, you know, just from a from an infrastructure standpoint, from like downtown, like coming together. Um, and influencing the rest of the city. Like, there's a ripple effect that goes throughout the city from people actually giving a shit about the center of the town to, like, yeah. that comes that resonates in music, that resonates in, you know, culture, like, things like that, just because people are, are able to kind of, like, say, okay, well, we're really making a play to be a world-class city now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which, for a long time, that wasn't the case. Right. When I was growing up, Downtown was the Bradley Center, and it was a bunch of, you know, like, standalone parking lots around yeah. it. Yeah, there's money in that. But, like, at the same time, like, that, there's also nothing that influences people to be, like, creative. Yeah. Where there, within the last, you know, decade, there's been a little bit more of an emphasis on, like, what can we do to really renovate this city to make it something special? 
and I think that Milwaukee is on the cusp of something great. Mm -hmm. Every year kind of brings a little bit more progression. Um, and we're going to see, you know, within the next five to ten years, this city is going to be something completely different from the city that you and I both grew up in. Of course. What, like, you know, I, what really drew you into wanting to, you know, spearhead breaking and entering? And like, what did you see initially in the project? So I kind of, okay, so we're, let's go to like the point where we're at about, that's just straight wrong. It is. I, I'm desperate. Okay. <laughs> um, so it kind of got to the point where like I had graduated college and this is the real like point that breaking and really started to take off. Uh, we only did about two semesters on Marquette Radio and there's a guy that I did it with um, that was a really good friend of mine and he was a psychology major, he was busy, you know, that's a very intensive major to have, whereas my major was digital media, so this was yeah. the kind of stuff that I was doing, was, yeah. you know, making videos and doing, you know, very loosely getting a degree kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, so he split off and he was busy and I graduated and I had this website and for a little while I was trying to sell t-shirts and I thought that that was going to be my thing, I was going to start a clothing line. I'm not the best graphic designer in the world. I will yeah. tell you that immediately. <laughs> but part of what we did to like draw attention to the website was we would feature a Milwaukee artist of the week, and that's like. And then in my head, I kind of went, "Well, when I did the radio show, I always tried to play Milwaukee music on the radio show too." Yeah. So then I went, "There might be something here because that's what's drawing people in is like having a Milwaukee artist of the week," and like I said, it had been that blog time of you know where every day something new was coming out of Chicago every day yeah. something new was coming on two dope boys kind of thing and who were the artists that were like at the, big time, at the time I mean yeah. you're talking about the early chance the rapper projects oh you're yeah. talking about chief Keefe transforming Chicago at that time I, right? I remember and introducing that. drill music to April the world. 2012 shout out don't like and uh, shout out yeah all like Chief Keef was, was yeah that huge that flipped, I'm that, from the south side of Chicago so like I okay yeah so, so that flipped yeah. that flipped music in general that flipped hip hop on its head really um, but like those things originated out of there so I went why is nobody really getting to showcase Milwaukee music because like Journal Sentinel does this, you know they get to showcase local music but I mean they they're down to like one core music writer and he also has to cover like when Paul McCartney plays in town. Yeah, right. And you know what I mean? Like, the biggest of the big artists to, like, you know, what's buzzing locally. And then you have other outlets, like, Evan at uh, Shepherd Express is great. And he's good at really covering the local music scene, but he's also a Pitchfork contributor, so he's very, very busy. And, yeah. you know, other outlets that, you know, put an emphasis on music, but then they're also trying to be a lifestyle website, or they're yeah. trying to be, you know what I mean? Milwaukee culture. And yeah, they exactly. Have a, they have a lot of other dimensions. Sure. Yeah. Um, so you had all these things that were something, but also something else. Yeah. And breaking and entering, I was like, well, I have the platform, I have the website, I'm already showcasing local music, why would I not be the only music-dedicated thing here? And that's what separates breaking and entering from a lot of these other sites, is we are strictly music-based, and we are putting out so much content compared to the other like music dedicated publications here that I think that it's something that it's just kind of the hole in the marketplace a little bit. Yeah. You know, because we showcase music from around the world. We do have, you know, independent artists that send us stuff all the time. I get emails from around the world, literally. Um, and we showcase that on our website, but like being a core Milwaukee music thing and not trying to branch out into anything beyond that makes it a hub for Milwaukee music. Yeah. And so that was kind of my pocket that I was like, this is where I get the traction, this is where I get the attention. And I won't lie, I mean, it, it is a business, so like I would love to make, you know, my goal is to someday make this my, my full-time thing. A lucrative thing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, not even necessarily lucrative, just enough to make a living off of that. Right, I, yeah. That I am my own boss kind of thing. like. And I said, well, you know what, at the time I was, you know, 2014, so I would have been 23 at that point. And I said, you know what, if I'm going to do something that I'm going to ever become my own media company or my own boss, like, why not get the head start? And why not push to really, really make an effort? I was done with school, so I would have, there's a lot of nights that I spent that were, 
you know, I would work until five and then I would stay up late while my now wife sleeps and I would work on my content for the next day <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, um, that, that just be kind of like, kind of made it what it was like keeping the momentum going and you know, it's slowly grown and grown and grown. And like I said, these last few years have really, you know, sent that into a tailspin and yeah. really grown farther. But that's because we were able to do so much work and because I was just kind of dedicated to, like, if I'm going to be my own boss someday, I'm going to outwork everybody else in the city to get there. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's what it takes to stick out, to, you know, be, to be unique out of the bunch. Yeah. And that's actually something that people have been saying is I've, like, there's been a couple groups I've talked to that, like, something to do, and also Mm -hmm. Thrift Tones, too. And um, both of those bands have been around for a long time. Right, too. yeah. And that plays into, like, the question I ask is, like, how has the Milwaukee music scene changed or evolved since you guys, you know, first started? And a lot of the, you know, the answers I get are that the venues are, are becoming more and more present. Like, yeah, you know, the, 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 that's the, very the, true, too. Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't say... Like, I will be the first person to tell you, it's not breaking and entering alone. It is 100% not us alone. I don't want anyone who's watching this to think that. Um, When I started, you know, producing music, before I even really was running breaking and entering, there was maybe four or five places in this whole city that you could see a hip-hop show. Yeah. You could see it at uh, G-Daddy's BBC, which is not around (laughs) anymore. You can see it at the UWM Student Union at the Guest House, which is where I oh my God, went to my yeah. first early shows. <laughs> um, you could see Afton shows at the Miramar that kids were paying to play. And that's kind of about it. Every once in a while, you get lucky and see one at Catholic Club. Right, yeah. So now, in that 10 years since I really started producing, like things have flipped on its head. That like yeah. Hip-hop has gotten a little more accepted around the city. But then music in general, like local music, has been, well, local music, original music, has been just skyrocketing compared to what you would have seen beforehand. When I started producing, cover bands were taking over, you know, Summerfest and every festival and everything. Now people are like, oh, wait, we can book an original act here, and, like, people are a little more receptive of it. And that's in part due to things like what we do and what Shepard does and what JS Online gets to do and things like that. But that also is just a change of mindset and having younger people come in and say, hey, my friend's in a band, and now I can book my friend. You know what I mean? There's a lot of core players that come into it, and things like, even like the Turner Hall Ballroom being able to book all local shows. Yeah. Like Abby Jean, Webster X, Gold have all headlined a show at Turner Hall. The High Five Top 5, March 29th, be there. Which would have never happened 10 years ago. Yeah. Um... You have people like Kelsey at Cactus Club that is just so receptive of... Shout out Kelsey Kaufman. She's, She's so, fantastic. so receptive of original music and original hip-hop. And, like, yeah. if you ever talk to her, you can tell, like, this is something that she's very passionate oh, about. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, Cactus especially. Yeah, I mean, like, those things have evolved so much. Mm-hmm. But, like, at the same time, like, you're like, the music has also gotten better. Yeah. Like, everything, it, I mean, it really takes for a lot of things to come together at the right point. And I think for Milwaukee, a lot of things are coming together at the right time, and that time is right now. Yes, absolutely. Milwaukee is definitely waking up, and you hear it all the time that Milwaukee is like in this musical renaissance. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what people like have been saying, you know, like artist-wise, like they, you know, not only talk about the venues, but they also talk about just the demand and the um, the feedback. They talk about the just um, how how much you know how much people are willingly like you know devoting their time and their energy yeah. into Milwaukee music and and that's that's just like the cool thing about what like we that's just the cool thing that you know it, it in a way it like it obviously makes our job easier yeah. too because we have so many other so many more artists to, to showcase and so many other fans that are willing to, and you know, that, and like see what the, we're doing. the advent of social media being able to get your music connected. Because there were people, I mean, let's not forget, like, the Rusty Pelicans were touring, you know, nationally and internationally as a hip-hop artist from Milwaukee. 
they were doing that back in the 90s. It's just it was harder to, like, address that and hard to get that word out. Whereas now, like, it's so simple as to, like, I can post something off my phone. Yeah. And, like, that gives exposure to that group because they can see, you know, what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like, if you look at our Instagram story, we're able to get our, like, people out to the world and just the touch of a button. Yeah. Where, like, that wasn't a thing when Rusty Peas were coming up. That wasn't a thing when, you know... Like, Twan Mac is a storied history of hip-hop. Yeah. And, but you wouldn't know that until now, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, he produced, he performed out in L.A. at the Coliseum. Yeah. Like, the L.A. Coliseum, yeah. very, very big venue. And, like, but it was harder to get the word out about it, so that didn't resonate back here in Milwaukee. Yeah. Where now, you can have an artist like Webster that gets signed and gets to go, you know, close sessions and gets to travel around the country yeah, of course. or gold who can make a living touring and they can still resonate here in Milwaukee because they can just post it from their phone and yeah. you know what I mean they can post it while they're on the road so like in terms of time and talent and exposure in general it all really comes together in one spot yeah. and that's what we're having right now and that's why Milwaukee music is in a really really great position because I can tell you you know years ago People were like, this is our moment, and then it never happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it was close, and then it just never did. Now it's almost our moment again, and now, like, it, I mean, there's external factors that play into it, but, like, it, it really always does give you that cycle, that feeling of, like, this is our chance. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. to really, really break out and do something special, and I think that's what we're kind of hoping to do, is to expose that. Yeah. So, as we, um, you know, run out of time, you know, what... I guess, like, what are your biggest concerns about, you know, the future of music in Milwaukee? Like, what, what also kind of, like, you know, is uh, worrying you that drives you to continue uh, Breaking Entering's legacy? Um, that's a really good question. My, my biggest fear about what happens with Milwaukee music is that the wrong people get it into their hands. I guess, you know what I mean? Like, at some point... I, I, I do struggle with this sometimes, thinking like, you know, I am, I'm not throwing in the towel any, anytime soon, but eventually someday I'm going to say like, you know, I can't be out at shows every night or, you know what I mean, or venues every day. And like, eventually it's gonna, it's gonna have to fall off because everything moves in cycles and that's right. just the reality of it. So my worry is that when it gets into the wrong hands, that the wrong people that aren't passionate about it are gonna take it over. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think that happens. It does take a village to really take over a music scene, um, and we're seeing that now with the most passionate people coming forward and working their asses off to do, you know, not the most redeeming work. To, you know, what I mean, like they're doing the grunt work in order for the greater good of making this thing happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so that is my fear. I guess would be that the wrong people get a hold of what, all this momentum that we have yeah. and that they take it and just kind of shit on it. Yeah. Or, but I don't, yeah. I don't see that happening and I think that there's always going to be passionate people loving music here in Milwaukee. Yeah. And I think that there's always going to be outlets and God, I hope, like, you know, we came out of, my site came out of my wanting for something to be exposing Milwaukee music. God, I hope I find another kid that's like a you or like you know whatever the next kid in college that is like hey I want that too you know what I mean and as much as you don't want competition you want to be like the, the thing like I want another breaking and entering the pop up a well, smaller yeah. version of that I'm a little better than well, but a, a version of that like yeah. I want someone to pop up that is dedicated to being like hey this is what's going on in my neighborhood yeah. and exposing that to the, the world and getting that out for the purpose of the greater good of like uplifting the city as a whole through music yeah you know and that's dude exactly what i was looking for once i uh you know at, at a time that was very nebulous and where i was lacking a lot of direction i think that it was like uh, it was like god said to find out what you guys were doing and uh i gotta give a shout out to michaela where yes i think i said her last name right but she is like photographer extraordinaire in indirectly the reason why like I started writing for Breaking Entering because if it weren't for meeting her at the Murray Attic show shout out Anthony um then and her telling me 
what she does and like why you know like why she was there at that particular time and just like you know what her you know the bigger picture was about that then I would not have uh, taken the initiative to reach out to you yeah. and decide that, you know, this is something I could do. And what it comes down to is maybe even people that aren't the greatest from the first, like, you know what I mean, like, talent-wise, it comes down to dedication. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you were dedicated to saying, hey, I want to write about shows at clubs. And you're great at doing it. I don't want that to be a slight. But, like, and, like, Michaela's a great photographer, and she's dedicated about getting that out to the world. I started this because I was dedicated about saying, hey, there is music here that you guys don't know about that you should all listen to. Yeah. You know what I mean? And rather than just sharing things relentlessly on Facebook, I was like, let me create a space for people to discover that. Um, so that, as long as there's always going to be dedicated people making making and covering Milwaukee music, we're going to be in a good spot. Yeah. And as much as like now, you know, international attention may push a little bit brighter on Milwaukee than it ever has been, um, we still through work to various do. out things, it's gonna take. Well, it's gonna take dedicated people to yeah. keep that going. Yeah. And so, you know, if there's a kid out there that watches this particular interview and it's like, "Damn it, I want to cover some Milwaukee music," <laughs> I want them to go do that if it's gonna make this city a better place for people to enjoy from a culture standpoint. Love it. And on that note, I'm gonna take this straight rum shot. That's, you know, wait, wait, hang on. I I shouldn't do this. But I'll do it with you. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I can't let you endure this alone. <laughs> Thank you for uh, sympathizing with my suffering here. I, I don't want to do this, but I'll do it. Dude. <laughs> my guy. <laughs> to Milwaukee music. To Milwaukee music. Why am I doing this? Yeah. <laughs> oh! Okay. Okay. Prestige oh. is canceled. Nope. No more prestige. Nope. No more prestige. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Ellen, as we... Uh, recover from that horrible prestige distillery I'm still shot. It. That was a really bad decision. Yeah, sorry that I uh, got us that. Um, never gonna give them give that product my money again. No. Alan, what keeps you up at night? Uh not doing the best job that I could do for Milwaukee, for Milwaukee music. Um, that's a hundred percent the reason, you know what I mean? Like I have I have a responsibility, I have a platform and I always want to do the best for my city, and I think that I, I try to do that, but yep. I really hope that you know people will embrace that. I second that. What puts you to sleep? Knowing that it's in good hands but between not just me, but there's a lot of other people that are here to do that. My you God. being one of them. Thank you, dude. Thanks for being on the show. It's amazing. Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. Um, signing out for Alan and I. Uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah. <laughs>